So, Michael, this is our first show together in our new digs here, and we're talking yeah. about Grizzlies players they should draft. You can check it out over on that side, or is it that side? Yeah, that side of the screen. Looks really cool. We're talking need versus best available, experience upside. And if I do say so myself, I feel like I look a little bit slimmer, DeMichael. What do you think? Summertime. You're getting ready for the summer, Joe. I, I think I think the wife proves too, right? Ooh, I bet she loves it as she watches Locked on <laughs> Grizzlies, and I'm sure that you will too. Let's lock in. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, 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 yes. It is a new episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, a new opportunity for DeMichael Cole and I to look oh so slim, oh so handsome and suave in our beautiful new digs. Thank you so much. If you're checking us out on YouTube, you get to enjoy the beautiful uh, faces of DeMichael and I. If you're just listening to the podcast, by all means, continue to do so. We are grateful wherever you're taking in the show, whether it's via the audio, whether it is uh, the video, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, we are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, and we hope that you'll continue to stay with DeMichael and I throughout the upcoming weeks and months of the Memphis Grizzlies and NBA offseason. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by the Game Time app. You need to download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am joined at this time by DeMichael Cole, my wonderful co-host, he does phenomenal work over at the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. And we don't have to go too far down this rabbit hole to Michael because, it, you know, we only got about 30 minutes here. We got his key. We have a tight schedule. Got to keep, keep it tight. Yeah. But we're going to talk about shoes at some point in the next few episodes. And mm-hmm. I feel like people need to put some respect on your shoe game name. And I'm just going to leave it at that. We're going to we're going to do that later on. I know you and Sane over at Bluff City Media. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you already handled that mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, but we'll we'll mm-hmm. talk about it as well. Uh, so it's good to see you again, partner. I hope you had a good holiday. I had a great holiday. I had a great holiday. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, look, we're in Memphis. A lot of shout out mm-hmm. to the people listening from Memphis. They know yeah. how we do it. You know how we do it down south. It, it's it's cookout time. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I. Oh, the, the, the burnt, the half burnt smoked sausages. Oh, and, gosh. And, mm. and the chicken. And oh, mm. I, I don't want to. Somebody's listening to this before they eat breakfast. I don't. I don't want to keep going. Yeah, but, but I enjoyed it and I ate good. <laughs> good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I I did as well. Not as well as you, partner. You you had so much fun. I had to do the Tuesday edition of Lockdown. <laughs> that's all right. The Michael's still young, and and my Memorial Day was spent at a theme park with my three small children. So I was I was okay. I was good to go. Uh, but now we're both back with you, and we're going to talk NBA draft this episode. Yep. It is sneaking up on us within the next month or so. Uh, we'll talk NBA finals on tomorrow's show, but I thought today would be a good opportunity to cover the draft because we over at Bluff City Media and Grizzly Bear Blues started our annual community mock NBA draft. Mm-hmm. It's the bane of my existence every time I run it to Michael because it's a, it's a massive undertaking that nobody really appreciates. And folks immediately assume that I don't have like a teaching job or a coaching job. Mm-hmm. And they just, why is the pick not been announced? Why, why is this trade not being upheld yet? You need to get on it, Joe. And I just, I need to take that woosah breath that you and I talk yeah. about from time to time. And just, you know, not everybody, we, we no, not everybody thinks about Joe Mullen axis struggles. Not nobody really cares 
about what's going on in my life. They're focused on the very fun activity, which if you're just doing it, you get to control an NBA team. You get to make trades. You get to have negotiations. It's fun. Like I get why people enjoy doing it. It's just not very fun for me. That all being said, I, in payment to myself, when I run this event, run the Memphis Grizzlies. And I tried numerous times to Michael to make a trade, to get off of the number 25 pick to no avail. I tried with the mock Toronto Raptors and didn't get it. Tried with the mock Chicago Bulls. I was this close, this close to Michael, to getting DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso, which we've talked about on here before. Some people would be mad at me. Oh, they don't shoot. DeMar DeRozan is not a three-point shooter. He's one of the best isolation scorers in the NBA. There's different yeah. ways to get spacing. Leave me alone. DeMar DeRozan would be awesome in Memphis. But again, fell through my fingers. Mm -hmm. And I sat there empathizing with Zach Kleiman, Grizzlies general manager, because he has said numerous times to Michael Cole, it takes two to tango. And if it takes two to get a deal done, if I, the mock general manager of the Memphis Grizzlies, am having a hard time finding a trade to nail down, Zach Kleiman might be having difficulty too. And when the number 25 pick comes along on draft night, you and I are on the same page. Gosh, I hope they don't make that pick. Yeah. But they might have to. We, yeah, we don't have to bury the lead here. Most people already know this. And I think most of you can tend to agree that it's it's the preferable idea uh, that the Grizzlies trade uh, the 25th pick in the draft uh, this season. Uh, for, for more than anything, just the roster alignment right now. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, there's one current open spot on the roster, mm -hmm. and I don't see a viable cut candidate uh, at this point. And at, at this point, and maybe that's something that, you know, we can we can discuss going I forward. So. I could think of a couple names. There, <laughs> there's there's pride in this industry. Sure. There's there's a couple names for sure. But let's just leave it. All I'm going to say is you're not going to cut a first round pick this oh, no. early on. No, 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 so no. so that's that's where I'll leave it at, because those are probably the guys that we will be talking about first round picks before they get to the third, fourth, fifth season. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh. You mentioned it with climate and his approach to this whole trading thing. And it's it's two things he always says. He's, you just mentioned one about the two sides, you know. And the other thing he says is it has to make sense sure. for the Grizzlies. They're, they're, they're not going to, you know, trade out of desperation here. And I know we've talked about it because is that something I necessarily agree with at this point? Probably not. Because I think, I think there's a sense of being desperate but not, you know uh, – being dumb, but right. I, I think I think you have to kind of figure out a way to to get this pick off this this fit because you only got one roster spot right now. So you you draft that player, you take that player, you're gonna have to cut some guys. You know, we saw how difficult the Kennedy Chandler decision was for them, and you know you can argue all day whether he was important, whether they need him, uh, right? All all that, but at the end of the day, they gave him a guaranteed contract as a second mm -hmm. rounder. They didn't yeah. want to cut him that no. early on. Until you know that four-year deal uh, that he signed. So, with all that being said, is uh, I really think when you look at this draft, uh, yes, the Grizzlies still you got to do your due diligence, right? Because sure, uh, there there are going to be some really good players, and there may be a guy that the Grizzlies say, "She's this is the these are the one or two guys if they fall to twenty-five, if they mm -hmm. fall to our spot, we're we're drafting them," and, and I could see that being the case. But outside of that, uh, I think at this point we're talking about 
uh, potentially moving this pick to to address some of the things me and you have talked about over the last couple weeks. You know, upgrading the roster around the core guys. I think that's massively important. They they don't need any more young guys. They they don't need them. They don't need. That's like the whole team, right? <laughs> development. They don't yeah. need more data collection. They don't need it. They need to start winning and winning in meaningful manners. Yeah. Not to say that being the number two seed isn't meaningful. Not to me. Not to say that 107 regular season wins across two seasons. You can make an argument that Taylor Jenkins right now is the most successful coach in Memphis Grizzlies history. For I sure. don't know that I would make that argument, and that might be another topic for a future episode yeah. of Locked On Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there is a fascinating level to this where they have to start winning and they yeah. have to start winning in the playoffs. They have to start winning in a way that suggests that they're not just a regular season team. They're a team that competes for championships and that's going to take talent that is almost certainly not going to be available at number 25 overall. For sure. So trying to move on from that pick. And again, if you're listening to this, watching this, Desmond Bain was the 30th overall selection. Obviously, Brandon Clark fell down in his draft. I think he was number 22 or 23 in the 2019 draft. So, obviously, there are exceptions to the rule, and the Grizzlies have gotten pretty good at finding those exceptions. Maybe Santi Aldama is one of those exceptions to the rule. I would say we're on track for that to be the case. But my biggest thing to Michael, and we're on the same page, it's winning time now, and you don't usually win with young players. We're seeing that with a young core of John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. You're seeing it at the level of the NBA Finals, right? And we'll talk more about this on tomorrow's show, but yeah. you have a really tough situation with the Boston Celtics. They've kind of painted themselves into a corner with two guys that Jalen Brown, I think, is 26 years old. Jason Tatum is 24. Obviously, the Celtics aren't trading Jason Tatum. But Jalen Brown, to you know, we, we took a lot of flack last week, but there's yeah, some folks that yeah. are saying, is he really going to be worth the Supermax? Maybe Jalen Brown is available via trade. And he's 26. Like, he's not even in what is considered the prime of yeah. his career. Mm-hmm. So as this team gets older, you need more veteran presence in order to accelerate that timeline. And that is what I hope will happen. But – as we alluded to to Michael, it takes two to make a deal and it needs to make sense, as you said. And Zach Kleiman has said that, of course. So that means maybe a trade won't get done. And if a trade doesn't get done, if the Grizzlies are sitting there on the clock at number 25, what type of player should they look at? So Michael and I are going to break down need versus best available next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Big fan of Game Time. They helped me out when I was stressing the very most trying to find tickets to an event for my daughter. We were able to find them in the nick of time thanks to game time. And it wasn't as stressful as it may have been in the past because I was able to find them in a fast and easy way. I got images of my seat views, so I knew exactly where Sweet Caroline and I would be viewing the stage. We got the lowest price possible, and we also even got event cancellation protection. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two saps, or two taps, excuse me, and you're all set with Game time. Snag the tickets without the stress at game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. You can create an account and redeem a code 
Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. To Michael and I will talk need versus best available. If Memphis is in the inevitable, inevitable negative situation of taking a player <laughs> at twenty-five, we'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinax of Bluff City Media, talking with my co-host, to Michael Cole, the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Between the Michael and I, we have a ton of experience, lots of written word and spoken word. Uh, you're in the right place if you're looking for Memphis Grizzlies content. And DeMichael and I have already talked about on the show, we hope the Grizzlies don't make a pick at number yeah. 25 overall. But if they are on the clock and they have to make a selection, we're not going to go into like player profiles on this episode. We have time for that. We still have several yeah. weeks here. Yeah, we'll we got, get to that. Your team every day means we're going to have to talk about some dudes pretty extensively if you catch my drift. Um but I do think it's a good starting and launching point for us. Mm-hmm. Need versus best available. And you brought up before we started recording uh, the James Wiseman selection from the Golden yep. State Warriors several years yep. ago. And how that is essentially, I mean, I think you could argue that was the beginning of the end of the Warriors dynasty. Because mm-hmm. now, and, and maybe that's maybe it's a little early to say that, but Bob Myers not returning to the Warriors. It feels like the beginning of the end. Uh, and that as good a point as any to point out they could have had LaMelo ball. Right. And if they make that selection, if they make oh that pick instead oh. of James Wiseman, mm. we're having a completely different conversation. I think in terms of where the golden state mm. warriors are. So they went for need, right? They needed yep. a big instead of the best player available. That was a time that bit them in the butt, but to Michael, I can't help but feel that the Memphis Grizzlies, they don't need a wing. They don't need one. Yeah. If Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, and David Roddy aren't as good as the number 25 pick in this draft, which some experts have said is essentially a pretty shallow draft once you get out of the top 8 to 10, mm-hmm. holy crap, Like we've got bigger issues. So I, I am hopeful that the Grizzlies would go with a combo guard that can play with John Morant or even another big, if they're worried about Brandon Clark long-term as opposed to a wing, even if that is the best guy on their board, because I just don't think that they need that at this stage. What say you? I agree. Ooh. I agree. I, I, I think I a think... bit of an upset. I thought you'd disagree with me on this one. Oh, you, you thought so? I did. So. I, I mean, did. here's the thing. The, the wings, they they mm-hmm. drafted Jake LaRavia, David right. Roddy, Zaire Williams, you know, Vince Williams. And, 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 you know, even with Vince Williams, we don't talk about him much on Locked On Grizzlies. But if you follow the Memphis hustle, you know, mm-hmm. the guy shot very efficient from three-point range. He plays really good defense. He has, he has an NBA profile. So with that being said, they have a lot of wings. Not to mention the Desmond Bain, John Conchars, all the the guys that we already know. It, it plus picking up a starting small forward potentially, you know. So with all that being said, I mean they're they're overloaded. I feel like the thing is, we talk about need versus best available. I think you thought I was going to lean towards best available mm-hmm. because of that Golden State uh, situation that you brought up earlier. Very Here's true. The difference. Here's the difference. The difference is, if you go back to that situation, one, Golden State sucked that season. So this is a top top five Fair. pick in the draft. And Draymond Green was their best player, and we saw how that worked out. 
yeah. And and it, and it's this is a you you I mentioned that one at the top of the draft, but there's the other situation where uh, the Detroit Pistons, uh, Darko over Carmelo Anthony, as as more example, of a, yeah. a, a fit fit right because we got Tayshawn Prince, so it's like oh we don't need that guy, but the Grizzlies are set up differently to me than each of those teams because all of their players are young. Right. It was, it was different uh, with, with those kind of those Pistons teams, you know, they, they had their little run there, but they were older guys. And then with Golden State, you know, those guys are pretty much all in their thirties now. Right. You're going to be blocked for a while. Yeah. With this Grizzlies team, if you draft a small board and if you're not going to be blocked, you're going to jump over someone, which means, you know, one of those guys that you invested heavily Mm -hmm. into is going to get shelved. So at the end of the day, I, I do agree. And I think that need should be a slight preference. Now, again, I know I said it to you before the show as well. The thing about best available is we know that they like to the Grizzlies and every other, you know, front office, they will zero in on certain guys and say, this is the guy we like. You know, that's how the Grizzlies felt, you know, about David Roddy and Jake LaRavia. But they will zero in on guys. And I'm sure there's a guy that's probably in the 12 to 15 range on most mocks. And the Grizzlies say, if he falls to us, we're getting him no matter what. If he's a small forward, if he's a shooting guard, uh, no matter what, because of the potential that he could put. You know, at the end of the day, you still don't have a starting small forward. Right. If, you trade, if you trade for someone, it's probably going to be a guy who's not on a super long contract, more than likely. Probably not. So, yeah, that's fair. So, so it's going to be – you know, uh, so there's that side of it. That's why I understand the whole best available conversation. But I'm with you, though. I, I, I think need for the Grizzlies is so important because the Grizzlies have a core in place. Their starting point guard is their starting point guard for at least the next five seasons, more than likely. Uh, the starting shooting guard is going to be the starting shooting guard, you know, for the foreseeable future. Same thing with the power forward. Uh Small forward is going to get addressed. And then that leaves the center position. I think, you know, Brandon Clark got a nice long-term extension there. I think four years. You got him around. Xavier Tillman uh, has a team option. He could potentially be getting an extension of some kind uh, coming up as well. So uh, you basically have the pieces in place to say, hey, I think the Grizzlies need to go center here. I think the Grizzlies need to go big. I think the Grizzlies need to go point guard. You know, they drafted Kenny Chandler. Now he's gone, so clearly that position is going to need to be addressed. You know, we're, we talked a lot about Tyus Jones and his job security this summer. And then, of course, you wanted to go through free agency. But at the end of the day, that's something else that may uh, need to be potentially addressed through uh, the draft as well. So I, I'm with you. Need over best available. And it needs to be someone, like we've talked about with Tyus Jones, Tyus and John Morant can't play together moving forward. We yeah. have enough of a sample size that doesn't work. It needs to be a guard that can play alongside John Morant, or it needs to be right. a big who has the capacity to be a screener and a rebounder. If you're thinking long-term beyond Steven Adams, if the mm-hmm. Grizzlies don't believe in Jaron as a center any longer, and I don't mm-hmm. really know that there's enough evidence to say they feel that way, but maybe you feel that way, not necessarily to Michael, but whoever's listening, whoever's commenting, maybe leave us a note in the comments and say, Hey, I agree. I, I don't necessarily trust Jaron as a five, or I don't necessarily think that any of the wings that you guys just mentioned, Zaire, Roddy, yeah. uh, LaRavia, I don't believe in those guys. 
So maybe you do see a need in those particular areas and you want to go for that as opposed to the player that might be rated on the top of your draft board. We're on the same page in that they are past the point like the Warriors, and you alluded to how Golden State was bad that season. The Grizzlies are not bad. You know, you had Mm -hmm. a bad end of your season, a bad taste in your mouth. They are a good basketball team. Right. And because they're a good basketball team, they have specific needs. And they have three players that you mentioned, Morant, Bain, and Jackson Jr., that you need a specific set of skills, like Taken, right? Like Liam Neeson and Taken. A a particular set of skills (laughs) that accentuate what those three guys do as your stars. And in the case of Morant, your superstar. That may not coincide with the top name on the board when your number gets called at number 25. So it's good to hear that we're on the same page there, partner. I'm going to put that to the test in our next segment, our final part of this Wednesday edition of the podcast, because I'm going to ask, okay, we talked about need versus best available. Now do we want someone who's older, somebody like a Desmond Bain or Brandon Clark when they got drafted by the Grizzlies, or – are we still on the upside kick? Are we looking for a Zaire mm. Williams who maybe isn't as productive in college, but mm-hmm. could be a really good swing for the fence as a potential starter at the number 25 pick in the NBA draft? We're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinax, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He is the beat writer for the Memphis Grizzlies for that publication. I am the head of Grizzlies content over at Bluff City Media. We're having a wonderful conversation on our Mm -hmm. podcast today here on Lockdown Grizzlies, talking about what the Memphis Grizzlies should do if, and that's a big if, they have to pick at number 25. DeMichael and I have been in lockstep so far. We both agree that hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully they don't have to make a pick. We both support the idea of need versus best available. We hope that they prioritize Zach Kleiman and company, the Grizzlies front office, what the team needs. I think that the team needs more experience to Michael. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. So this is, I'm a big tankathon guy and we'll talk about the various sites and draft resources we use. I'm sure in the weeks ahead, I like tankathon and tankathon has a couple of players in the general range of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, One who I've talked about on this podcast before is Bilal, I always mess up his name, Bilal Kulabeli, which I think is actually pretty close. Um, he is the teammate of Victor Wembayama over mm-hmm. with the San Antonio Spurs, as, assuming he's going to be with the San Antonio Spurs. And Kulabeli is a player who a lot of folks like his length, they like his potential, they've seen growth in his game. He's going to be 19 years old when the season starts. Compare that to somebody like Colby Jones, who's a 6'6 yeah. wing junior from Xavier. A couple of years older, a couple more uh, seasons under his belt, not just on the earth, but on the basketball court. I would rather have Jones, even if Jones's ceiling is lower, because I know he's an experienced player. His body's a little further along in terms of physical development. He could come in and be a contributor if you're in that spot. And again, we'll talk more mm-hmm. about the ins and outs of their various games. Colby Jones is actually one of the better assists to turnover guys on the way yeah in this draft class that's another reason i like him um mm-hmm. but we'll talk more about that down the road like i said that's more yeah. of a draft profile episodes of the past i would rather have a jones at 21 years old i'll be honest with okay. you this is going to be a hot take 
I would rather have, we talk about the need for a long-term backup point guard. I'd rather have Marcus Sasser of Houston. He's mm. 6'2", 195. There's no guarantee he can play with John Morant. But he's mm-hmm. a heck of a lot cheaper than Tyus Jones. And ask me how old Marcus Sasser is. Ask me. How old is he? How old is he, Joe? He's going to be 23 almost when the season begins. Right right in, right in the middle of that court. Basketball player that can, again, maybe he can't play with Jaw, but he could eat those 12 minutes or 14 minutes a game as the backup point guard on a rookie contract the next four years. Roster construction would make a heck of a lot more sense, and you're not paying as much for your backup point guard, and you know he's going to be more prepared physically and mentally. So that's that's where I'm at. I am yeah. on the side of bring in an okay. older dude. I, I could care less about upside. If it means higher floor, lower ceiling, I'm down for it because they're going to be able to produce now. Do you agree? First, I want to I want to point out the fact that uh, you, you, locked on Grizzlies. This is locked on Grizzlies, but it is locked on Grizzlies. These, a lot of these Grizzlies people are are, are Tigers fans, and, and you're over here mm-hmm. promoting Marcus Sasser. Uh, and and hey, I mean, maybe they could, maybe all that bad blood built up in college, they could forget about it. But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to point that out. Like Marcus Sasser on the Grizzlies, that'll be an interesting story. Why not? Like why not Kendrick Davis? Like why why not Kendrick Davis? He's not your guy. It's not your guy. I I am not anti Kendrick Davis. I just think that you could get Kendrick Davis on a potential two way contract as an unrestricted. Okay. Manager. Okay, I see. I see. I don't know that he's going to get drafted. Right, right. Yeah, small size, all that stuff. Now, mm-hmm. with all that being said, I will say that I do disagree this time. And oh, I, 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 the experience thing doesn't matter to me. I'm going to explain because here's the thing: when you look at this Grizzlies roster right now, mm-hmm. Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, pretty much is your your center rotation. And Kenneth Lofton Jr. probably could get some minutes there. Jaron Jackson Jr. But you got Jaron and Santi Aldama. You got 50 gazillion guys at small four. <laughs> <laughs> Desmond Bain is going to play 33 minutes probably a game at shooting guard. John's going to play 32, 33. Where are you going to play these, this such experienced player? There's nowhere to play this person. So when I look at it like that, in the simplest form, just swing for it. Because guess what? If you get an upside guy, go stash him down there to hustle. When he goes out there and averages 25 points per game and the fan base gets all excited, and you can kind of groom him into a potential bigger role, like a minor league system type thing. I think the Grizzlies are in a position where if they use this pick, you got to be honest with yourself. Uh, Just based on what we saw this season with David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, uh, you go back to the, the rookie years of the previous guys, Santi Aldama, even even Desmond Bain's rookie year, productive rookie year, but still, what, nine points per game? Uh, so with all that being said is this team, this is your championship window that we're talking about here. An experienced rookie who, by the way, if you're drafting an experienced rookie at around 25, uh, they're on a lot of Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is an anomaly from the perspective of an older rookie who just continues to just defy the upside, you know, logic. Like he is, he's genuinely getting better every single season. But most of those guys are defined role players. You know, most of those those older guys are three and D potential guys. Uh, they're rim running guys who can can dunk 
and things like that. But guess what? I go back to last draft, right? I feel like these guys that we're talking about right now, Jake Laravia played multiple years in college, David Roddy multiple years in college, more of the experienced guys. You know who didn't play multiple years in college? Jaden Hardy. Would he fit on this team? I'm thinking upside, you know, because because what the Mavs did, they kind of, again, com- competitive team, just had them over there and the, in, in, just riding the bench for most of the season, go down there in the G League, put up big numbers. Then Luke and Kyrie get hurt. We saw it firsthand against Memphis, put up some nice numbers and, and, and you know, looked good. And now they have a player who could potentially be one of those guys who factors into that team a long term because they chose upside instead of saying, hey, I'm going to get a guy who can't dribble, who's basically going to shoot three-pointers, play defense, and just play off of John Dez. I think you go upside, you swing for it. But guess what? You might miss, but right, I, you might miss. You might miss, and you need somebody that can actually produce at this stage. You already swung for it. That was Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams <laughs> was the swing. So I hear what you're saying. You get I, three I swings that, before you're out. I think that my exception to that okay. would be a position where, like Kobe Bufkin. Uh, from Michigan, right? Okay. He, he's a guy who's played a couple of years at Michigan, 6'4", 175. He projects to be a combo guard who theoretically could play next to John Morant. I think that that would be maybe a combination of our mm-hmm. philosophies where it's not somebody that is super old. You know, he's going to be 20 years old when the season begins. But he also is someone who it could develop and has a skill set that could both allow for Memphis to move on from Tyus Jones and also have a player that can play next to John Morant. For me, that is what I want from the next Grizzlies backup point guard. Assuming Tyus is gone one way or another, right? Whether it's tagging number 25 to this, or whether it is making other picks available to get that trade done. However they decide to do it, Tyus is going to be gone. The next backup point guard needs to be able to play next to John. That, to me, should be a priority. And... I think that there are options later in the draft, whether it's Sasser, whether it's Bufkin, uh, other names that we'll talk about throughout our uh, player profiles and future episodes of Lockdown Grizzlies. There are options there, and I'm curious to see how they address that if they do pick at number 25. Goodness gracious, I hope they don't. But if they do, if uh, they do, ho- yeah. hopefully um, they'll they'll uh, take take heed to the words of us here. And locked on Grizzlies, some some wise discussion there, uh, especially towards the end. So some some good content, Zach Kleiman. Hopefully you're checking us out, uh, and you can you know just let me know how I'm doing in the comments to say, hey Joe, I really liked your hair today, ZK, right? Zach Kleiman, I'll know it was you that way. Uh, thanks so much for checking out Locked On Grizzlies. Hopefully your first listen each and every day, free and available as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again. Find us on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. It is much appreciated. We finally have an NBA Finals, right? How anticlimactic was that? Boston gets it all the way back to a Game 7 after starting down 3-0 and then has a big turd waffle of a Game 7. And now it's Miami versus Denver as it probably was going to be a week ago. Uh, So that was a bit of a bummer, the way that the Eastern Conference Finals ended. But we have an NBA Finals to preview. Maybe we have a conversation about that for a little bit to Michael and, you know, how those two teams, how they were built 
you know, obviously we've already talked about some things that the Grizzlies could learn from the conference finalists. Um, You know, maybe we could take some inspiration from the Denver Nuggets because you want about a team. You want to talk about a team. They've got three guys, right? They've got Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. And then they added an Aaron Gordon here. They added a Contavious Caldwell Pope there. Mm -hmm. And bingo, bango, they're in the NBA finals. Maybe there's some inspiration there for the Memphis. And they got an experienced rookie, Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Christian Uh Brown. An experienced rookie. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So I think we might have found part of our uh, Thursday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. So make sure you tune in and check that out with us then. Until next time, thank you so much to my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal. I am Joe Mullinax. Stay locked in, Grizzlies fans. This is Lockdown Grizzlies. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll check you out next time.